All right, good morning. Today is the following day from yesterday. <laughs> yesterday I was reading the um, chapter 2 of Born for Dead, Glory Gunst. Um, Groundation. Um, today being the 24th of October. Um, it's actually the first time in a while, if I, if any, that I've done reading on two consecutive days. So, might be a good thing. Gonna roll back a little bit, just again, get, get used to this. Low energy morning again, should be better, should have been better using the headset this time. I listened back yesterday um, and it was informative to me, interesting to me, but very distracting with all the noise. So as much as I brag and boast, and well, not really brag and boast, but as much as I reiterate repeatedly, repeatedly reiterate, it kind of sound redundant, but as much as I reiterate that, um, that the production quality is not going to be the best, probably can still do something a little bit better. So let me figure it out. Um, if this sounds any better, then I'll go this way. If not, then I'll invest again into a microphone, I think. It's just that all these things come with so much promise. And then when you use them, um, they fall flat. You know, I just got tired of wasting, you know, biting on that hook and being pulled in in that consumerism and only to be, only to realize that it's just disappointments. But we'll see. Yesterday when we were reading um, Groundation and Born for Dead, a lot of things come through my mind, you know. Um, one of the things is I realized that I've been downplaying a lot of the impact, um, uh, some of the impact that are my experience um, as I read the book, you know, um, because I am trying not to make my story be the story. You know, I wanted to make the book be the story, but the more I read the book and the more I reflect on it, I'm thinking anybody can read the book. Anybody can read a book. Maybe to make this podcast special, actually, and it might be a good, um, a smart thing to do, which is to actually um, parallel my existence with it, where um, I see, I see it, it it's glaring. But again, I don't, I'm not a fan of that, is but I think, I'm, I don't know if I'm going to be able to resist doing that, because... You want to talk a little bit, and as I said, this whole thing started out as inside out, getting things from the inside of you out um, to the outside, so to speak, instead of keeping all this inside you. And because it started as inside out, it's a little bit of therapy. You know, it's, 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 <laughs> and now I see why they call it psychotherapy, because I was thinking, I'm a psycho and I'm doing some therapy. So I was going to say, it's a little bit of psychotherapy. But then there's already a word called psychotherapy. So it's a little bit of psychotherapy, psychotic therapy, a psychopath therapy. <laughs> All right. 
had rolling into the thing and, and, and yeah, my apologies. I need to be a little bit more apologetic because you can't just ambush people time and just talk blah, 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 blah and act as if, you know, the persons are not spending time out of their, their, what should I say, their currency of time to support or listen to this. I thought I hope it gives some kind of something. I have no, absolutely no idea how this is going to help anyone, frankly. I don't know if it's going to give knowledge. I don't know if it's going to give comfort. I don't know if it's going to allow somebody to go sleep with my droning voice, hopefully, at the very least that. But I don't know, but it, it, it's supposed to help me. It's supposed to help me because my story is crazy um yeah but um this morning was low you know i want to say I, I was tempted not to say this but i'm going to say it they call it the d word the big d i guess when you find yourself in it for many years based off where you are and frankly i'll say it i have always I never saw myself being in Canada this long, at least at this age. I had trajected my life that I'd be back in Jamaica in my 40s, so much so, and in my early 40s. By the time I was 40, 44 would have been the longest, the oldest I would have been going back to Jamaica. I don't know why the, the number 44 was, is a number that stuck but maybe it's an easy number, 42, 44. This is not a complaining. This is just a sharing thing. Um, you know, as I'm talking, a picture popped up from September 3, 2015. And it's a family. I think I've taken them down to September 3, 2015. They're, they're, it's a family standing on a street side with a... Uh, a subway train passing um, passing them in the background and basically the street side said Washington Tent City, Washington Clubbing something and I based on that I remember where that was, that was when I took them over to Buffalo, New York for a day trip those were the days and there June 27, 2012 that's my son looking on with my daughter in the background 2012, that would be my other daughter's graduation from primary school. Yeah, June 27, 2012. So anyway, I get I, I get distracted easily. All right, let me not. What happened? The television is now in that um, screen saving mode. So what it's doing? It's rolling through my favorites in my Amazon. So let me just not look at it for now because it's just going to keep distracted. Now, in the book Born for Dead, we started talking about this Bedward, Alexander Bedward guy. And I said, I never know squat diddly about Alexander Bedward. Never heard the name Alexander Bedward. The only Bedward I knew was a realtor that, um, that I've been dealing with in Jamaica. But I never, and that was the only name, the only time I ever came across the name Bedward, 
and more so I didn't even know that there was this notorious bedwood. How I even got, how, how that even came on my radar was during the Kevin Smith, oh, the name just came to me now, you know, from when I've been trying to remember this man's name. The whole Kevin Smith saga. And Kevin Smith was the cult pastor in Montego Bay earlier this year, whose life could not have been written by Hollywood. Apparently, he was this charismatic man. He started out in Canada. It's on like started in Jamaica, went to Canada. Got uh, the typical thing. Got to Canada, got kicked out of Canada, went back to Jamaica, started a cult, a church that became more of a cult. When I use the word cult, I'm just regurgitating the word that has been used over and over again to describe the whole situation. And um, so there, there's no opinion on that part. Uh, no, 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 no proper thought put to it from my side. I have different opinions on it. But, um, yeah, and did the cult and they were doing, supposedly doing blood sacrifice. And uh, the people, they thought they, the structure I was building in Montego Bay was supposed to be an ark. There was going to be mass destruction and a big flood that should be flooding Montego Bay or flooding Jamaica. And everybody should get to the ark. Um, apparently, they started killing people or sacrificing people, like stabbing them, stabbing each other, or shooting each. Other. I don't remember, but I think it was stabbing. They killed at least one or two persons died, and the police went on a raid because a couple of people who didn't want to go on the ark or couldn't make it on the ark called the police. The police went, boom, bam, bam, shooting, take over, arrested David Smith. He was found hiding under a bed, I get to understand. Um, looking very cheeky. <laughs> and um, then there is a video of him in the police station doing some talking, some things that prophetically. And um, then the next, a couple of days later, they're taking him to Kingston for court and his car mysteriously, the car with the police mysteriously crashes and kills him and the policeman beside him, a young policeman. And that's the story of David Smith. His body is actually taken up by a friend of ours. His body went to a friend of ours' um, um, funeral home. And I should talk a little story about that friend of ours, Mr. Roberts. Mr. Roberts had a brother, we used to call him Mr. Sexy. <laughs> Mr. Sexy. So Mr. Roberts, he owns Roberts Hill and home where David Smith's body went. Mr. Sexy, man, I, do, I, I, I just called his name the other day because it says Mr. Sexy, that evening that I dropped off Mr. Sexy at Bridgeport is how I met my wife. Uh, how I had the, it presented the opportunity for me to speak to my wife because I just dropped off Mr. Sexy. So the story is this. My father and his friends, they usually worked at Grace Kennedy. They, would, they were truck men, you know, so when the trucks them loading or what have you are in between <clears throat> down on the wharf, the Kingston wharf, there's these like a shanty looking bars, never forget them, there's a row, there's rows of them uh, along a street across from the Grace Kennedy warehouse back then, you know, next time I go to Kingston I need to drive around that 
bad road. It was, I, I remember, if I one thing I remember, the road was terrible. Terrible piece of road around there. They may have fixed it now, but terrible. I mean, <laughs> it was like, like off-roading every time I go around there. But they would never fix it because of the big trucks that drive around there, and apparently they just assume that the trucks going to mash them up. But there was these bars, these little bars that just just put up with with with, with zinc, little bar, just enough space for the the bartender, her stuff, and the man them who was drinking in these little, I want to call it probably ten by ten by eight bars. <laughs> you understand me? And my father and his friend usually hang out there and they would drink in between loads. Um, when the trucks are being loaded, especially if they're doing around town, they would just go do the load, park the truck so that they, 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 they can, the seconds can load it. The, the second mean the, the, the assistant, the man, the side man, and the drivers or the owners would go over to the bar and they would just, you know, drink until the trucks finish load. Because as small as the trucks were, the load took a while. I remember as small as the vehicles were. You know, the, the kind of loads come piece, 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 piece on this, a pallet would come, some for this truck, some for that truck, you know, or somebody would come with a pump truck and, you know, you throw them in one, one, because you're going to stop at 20 stores, 20 grocery stop stores to, 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 to deliver and each of them taking around 15 pallets or something, you know. And the, and you're getting a load once every for for each of each of the twenty stops you're getting probably a load once every ten minutes. You're getting parts of that load. So it takes a while to load the truck. You know, once every ten minutes you're talking about what that six, twelve uh, that's one, two, three, around four hours. Which it sounds right to load a truck, it takes around four or five hours. So anyway, they would go and have a drink. Over by the bar, they would drink. And I know, coming from Kingston, I was working at the law firm downtown on East Street at the time. And most evening I'm coming home, I would swing by um, Grace Kennedy, where she said, down a wharf, and see what my dad doing. And just check in and probably even put in a hour loading and then head back, head home. So, the swing by, go on the bad road, go on Newport, Newport West, or Newport East. Can't remember, but the word Newport come to mind. Newport, there was a road, Newport West, Newport East. Swing around by Newport, and go down Grace, um, stop, father was there, he said, boy, sexy, really drunk today, you know, drop him home. Now, yes, Mr. that's Mr. Robert's brother. I call, we call him Mr. Sexy. And I remember uh, Mr. Sexy came in the car, was driving a red Geo Metro. And the Geo Metro is an American-made car. Um, and the Geo Metro had the steering over on the wrong side. It was on the left side of the vehicle, if memory serves me correct. But we drive in Jamaica we drive on the left side of the road. 
So with the steering on the left side, the vehicle on the left side of the road, I was not center to the center line. I was more to the south shoulder, if I remember correctly. I'm, I'm, my brain is fizzing a little bit, but yes, yeah. So it will be driving an American vehicle today, which is meant to be driving on the right side of the road, but driving it on the left side of the road. So as I drop off Mr. Sexy up by Nagazet, junk as a skunk, I'm moving off. In fact, he said not to drop him off in my yard. He said to drop him on Nagazet, so I'm going to get a second one because we have a thing in Jamaica that bird can fly upon one wing. So I have to make sure so the boat wings them equally junk. I have to even up. So I dropped him at Nagazet instead of dropping him at home. And so it's one stop further from his house stop because he says he's going to the bar to do round two at least he's, he's closer to home and um as i'm driving off i saw this beautiful young lady that i've been admiring for the longest while striding across the street from cumberland side or south Borough side striding across the street uh, upon she came out of one of the taxis them and striding striding long strides never forget it, it wasn't a such long ass strides in spiky boot <laughs> in a blue uniform because she worked at the bank jamaica national uniform and yeah i'll tell that story another time but that's how we first spoke i pulled up with my little red Geometro. Fortunately, the steering was on the left side, so I didn't, I, was, I didn't have to lean over from the center of the road to talk to her. I was right there beside her. She walked on the south shoulder and I said, hey, um, I know you live up the street from me. I'm going there. And I know she has a good little walk ahead of her in the spike heel boot. So I figured I'd, the, you know, it was in my favor. And, um, you know, I say I can save you the walk, you know, uh, and I promise I won't do too much talking in the years. In fact, I simply won't talk. And she look and she, she look away and she look and she, like she say, no talking in my ears. Hallelujah, praise the Lord. So she stopped. I stopped. I well, I I, I scoot in off the road because. The passenger's drive seat um, door is out in the middle of the road. So I had to scoot in and she circled around. I would, can't remember if it's the back or the front. I think it's the front she circled around. And I'm like looking and saying, Yes, Lord, yes, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You know, and I wanted to jump out of the car and do one of them um, revivalists, you know, jump on, hey, and, and clap on and spin around like Michael Jackson, but didn't do it. I came out and went and opened the door and she came in and I locked the door and I walk around and um, cause she walk around and I just run around there, jump out and run around and she came in and I locked the door and you know, she, um, she, I didn't say anything, put on my indicator, entered back the floor of traffic and Smooth sailing in. I said, I know the only thing I said to her was, I, sh I saw she was about to point where she lived. I said, I know where you live. <laughs> I know where you live. Just drop her off and I'll tell the rest of the story next time. 
We're talking about revivalists. So, Kevin Smith, I don't even know how. Yeah, so Kevin Smith body ended up at Mr. Sexy Place, Mr. Sexy, Mr. Sexy brother place, Robert, Robert's funeral home. When my father passed last year, Mr. Roberts, um, you know, gave a speech at the funeral, which was pretty indicative of my father. He talked about the fact that Mr. Roberts didn't even charge us for the funeral. Mr. Roberts said, yo, when I spoke with Mr. Roberts, Mr. Roberts said, Junior, your father paid me for his funeral in his kindness over how much years ago when I first came to Jamaica from the States and your father moved, used his truck and moved my things from the wharf for me. And your father helped me and never left, let, let me, let, left my side. Your father helped me to build my business. Your father paid for it, his funeral, 10 times over. So I, the, the charge for you is no charge. We had two funeral homes with my father's funeral last year. Robert's for free and a, a, a church that he had gotten attached to up in Bull Bay, Buff Bay, up in Portland. I don't know if they did it for free, but I think they, they said they did it. Would probably just pay for some candles. I don't know, but it was like minimal. So we had two funeral homes <laughs> um, vying to do the last for my father. So that was a good thing. So Mr. Roberts tell a story to the people attending the funeral that the night my father picked up his equipment for his funeral home at the wharf to start his funeral home at the wharf in Jamaica and picked it up at the wharf the night. Somehow, and I, I, I don't think I'm going to tell the story right you now, but somehow there was a shot in the truck and there was a fire, electrical fire in the truck. And there was something that my father, and I remember it, because I remember my father come home, I remember looking in the truck and see the burn and the black, black, and you could still smell the burn, electrical wires when he came home. And he gave us a story about Doppy in the truck, but it had to do something with something about a neighbor that was there, and she was a widower, and Daddy and Mr. Roberts and Mr. Sexy was kind of eyeballing her and saying, wait, Alika, eh? you know, because my father was a, was a Rambo. My father was a Rambo, yeah? they call him Rambo. My father was, in, when he used to call himself? And a Casanova, not Casanova, can't remember. But my father was a sweet boy. Anyway, um, big, black, um, tall, um, full of lyrics. Unflappable. That's the term, or inflappable. My old man was in or unflappable. I don't even know the term, but I hear him talk and there was nothing. I remember one day I bound school, high school, and I go into I I travel with my bond when I bond this is how much fun it was to be around my father to some extent. I would burn school, school school to go work with my father because that man was, was, it was, yeah, it was full of events, adventures. And I remember I sit in the Leland Clydesdale in the front. It was the Leland Clydesdale at the Bedford, the 1965 Bedford. Can't remember which one. I think it was probably Leland because I was stepping up in life now. I have a Leland Clydesdale. And he picked up one of his girlfriends, Lana. Uh, Lana might actually, 
I've been one of my younger sister's mother. Turned out later to be one of my younger sister's mother. I don't know. Um, if any of you listening and your mom is Lana, I met Lana once. So anyway, father driving the truck and we're going through Golden Grove, Stony Hill, Golden Grove, Golden Spring area, going towards Castleton. So we're going towards Junction to go through to St. Mary, going to the north coast from Kingston. And my father was rocking the, the old truck. And I, let me see if I can remember the story. Lana said, Yo, Sam, you hungry now? And well, are So, yeah, she said she's hungry. She told him that she's hungry. Just the lady, girlfriend that he picked up. So, in the truck is the girlfriend. No, me at the door, the passenger door. The girlfriend, or the Fajr foot, as we would call him, the Fajr foot, as my mom would call him, <laughs> or the sweethearts, but we call him the Fajr foot. Don't know how we get that term, Fajr foot. So I need to write it down and spell it for once. So it's me at the door, the Fajr foot, and my father driving. You know, the bench seat in this vehicle. You have at least a double bench seat for the passenger, and then the driver has his own ear seat. So it would have been the, the um, the Clydesdale. I remember the ear seating bouncing up over there. I'm pretty sure it was the Clydesdale. And then she turned to him and said, She's hungry. So my father takes out a plastic bag with two cornbread remaining. So he passes it to her. And she said, and she, as she's receiving it, she looks to him and she says, What is? Uh, what is this? And he says, No lunch. Which means lunch. And she says, like, what? Two cornbread? <laughs> and my father says, without skipping a beat, looking and driving and just navigating the truck, which you had to oversteer because it's steering at so much place. So even to keep it straight, you had to keep steering it. And um, <laughs> I'll rack in the steering side to side, just trying to go keep the truck straight himself. What? He looked over to her and then he looked forward and look over. He said, what? Uh, it too much? If it too much? Give Junior one there. <laughs> Seem hungry. So anyway, <laughs> I was just cracking up because my father looks at this lady and says, give her two cornbread. She turns to him and says, what is this? He says, no lunch. What? It's too much? If it's too much, give Junior one of the cornbread because he's over there hungry. <laughs> That's me. And I was just laughing. So that was my father in terms of how he... Um, Part of that's just an example of his him being yeah and it, some people might not say that's not unflappable that's just fierce you know he wasn't fierce you know he was a good man him just sometimes is a choker and you have to put it into context sometimes you have nice chokers and he was a nice choker but his thing was women you understand me that was his thing and 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 you know looking back you know what jeez. Uh, Trump things is women, 
Biden thing is Biden. Um, I mean, his son thing is crack on women. Um, everybody have them, every human. I mean, the only, and the only, and even Jesus himself, if you want to forget baby Clal, um, got angry and, and tore up that, that temple. So there's no, he who that is without sin cast the first stone. All right, leave it there. So, all right, so that is that that kind of segue into a couple of stories, but I'm going to just now go into um, bedwater a little bit. So, I don't even know if I'm gonna get to read, I'll, I'll try to read the rest of the chapter, and it's gonna be long though. But bedwater, Alexander Bedwater, according to what I got to understand when I do a quick Google, was a revivalist. He actually was before Marcus Garvey when it come on to the whole Pan-Africanism. Let me see if I can find it, Bedward. And just looking at the wiki for Alexander Bedward, the, the, the born 1847 in St. Andrew. So Alexander Bedward, let, let, let's read the wiki for Alexander Bedward quickly. Um, and, and, and credit to Wikipedia. Alexander Bedward, born 1847 in, in, in St. Andrew Parish, north of Kingston, died November 1930. So he lived a decent life. 1840 to 1930 would be 90 years. Um, minus eight, that would make it 82. As, he was as old as my dad. Or like, he was a little bit older. He was one of the most successful preachers of Jamaican revivalism, along with uh, Joseph Robert Love. Bedward was one of the forerunners of Marcus Garvey and his brand of Pan-Africanism. Pan and he talked about his early life, I won't get into that, but he used to work at the Panama Canal and he saw the injustices and the harsh working conditions um, that was meted out to the, his black counterparts. Is black is to black people more significantly than the American counterparts. Um, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, was he, he had charisma. We're going to go back to that charisma and a acute sense of theater. We're going to go back to that. All right. Um, legacy and and Garveyism. Let's join. The, 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 the contemporary Robert Love, the inspirational advocate of racial love play. Bed was planted a seed from which a culture of racial consciousness grew and found its most empathetic, emphatic form in Marcus Garvey and his Universal Negro Improvement Association, the UNIA. With Garvey's rise to prominence in the 1910s, Bedward became convinced that God had, God had only ever intended for him to be one of a sequence of prophets rather than a messiah. Aaron to Garvey, Garvey's Mo, Aaron to Garvey's Moses is is how he themed it. And you know, <laughs> I look here, which is weird. I'm born for that is right here on my left on my table to read, and on my right is Black Moses, the story of Marcus Garvey and the Universal Negro Improvement Association by E. D David Crown which is the book I'm going to read next. So that's, that's kind of interesting, that all, all that coincidence. So as I'm reading this about um, 
Alexander Bedward, who claims that his Aaron Tagari's Moses is how he themed it. I looked over here right now as I'm reading this to my right, and there's a book with green and black with a picture of Marcus Garvey and it called Black Moses, the story of Marcus Garvey and the United Negro Improvement Association. We're going to have to read that next. But let's get through this. We won't get to that if we don't get through this. He led his followers into Garveyism by finding the charismatic metaphor. One, the high priest and the other prophet, both leading the children of Israel out of exile. His impact was that many of his followers became Garveyites and Rastafari, bringing with them the experience of resisting the system and demanding changes of the colonial oppression and the white oppression. Rastafari has taken the idea of Garvey as a prophet while also casting him in the role of John the Baptist by virtue of his voice in the wilderness called taken as heralding their expected Messiah. Look to Africa where a black king shall be crowned. Kai Miller, who is a Wilmerian, I think, but Kai Miller has a friend, I think, on Facebook, I'm pretty sure, and a humble guy. Kai Miller wrote a novel about Bedward entitled Augustown, published in Britain in 2016. I didn't know that. I saw the book Augustown, you know, but I didn't know that it was about Bedward. Interesting, putting things together. All right, so I'm going to leave that. So Bedward was in, very impactful. And here you have a photo of Bedward, a black man. Looked just like me, uh, with a beard. He actually look like, <laughs> he actually looks like a darker version of um, Kevin Smith, <laughs> which comes round now to the thought process of the charisma part. And I know I'm going long without reading the darn book, but give me a chance here. This man has been rough enough because um, I have to decide whether I want to go back to Jamaica now or should I just do Florida. And it has the weirdest thing has been a cycle. If we were planning on doing Florida, I would have been in Florida 10 years ago. Or even less than, even more. 10 would be 2013, 2012, sorry. So we would be in Florida 10, uh, 12, probably about 12, 13 years ago. Would have been in Florida, been in the States. Because I had property down there from 2008. I was buying a property in Florida during the crash. But over on the west side, ironically, over on Fort Myers, Lehigh Acres, Cape Coral, the area where Hurricane Ian just devastated. I had a couple of properties there. I was buying them up cheap. I remember one property I actually dreamt about it before I got it. Believe it or not, I dreamt about I probably I can't give the name of the property, Bolado. Dreamt about Bolado. Can't remember what number Bolado. And um, and why I say I dreamt about it, I dreamt about a property that I could walk out the back and look straight down the canal to the Gulf. And I bought this property. I got this property, it and someone, another street, which I won't name the street for a specific reason. I've got it, I got Bolado and, and that one 
for a fraction of the price. I got them on an assignment. So assignment at the time was the first time I ever came across that term, assignment in real estate, which was the person was had bought the property, but they had entered into the contract, but they weren't going to close the contract. So they were just assigning it out. And I took the assignment and I now became the buyer. So they just take out for them name out of the buying part and put in my name, but I pay them a, 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 a money for that. And that's how... It, it, was it that all? Is it I that paid them the money? I think it was the seller that paid them some money. Can't remember how that part worked out, but I paid some money in and I got the contract in my name and I got the lands. And I got this beautiful piece of land that I dreamed, I literally dreamed it in, had it in a vision about having a piece of land that I could look straight down the, the gulf instead of looking across the 20 foot um, waterway and seeing somebody's backyard. There was no backyard behind it. I was able to look straight down the, 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 the gulf and I owned it. I have photos of me and my wife on the, um, on the what do you call it, the, 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 the seawall, because it actually had a seawall. The owner, previous owner had already, there was no house on the lot, but there was a seawall where you could bring up your boat and tie your boat on to already, which I think at the time they said it was a $10,000 um, um, build out. So they said that I would have had at least saved $10,000 right there for that seawall. So that was buying up Florida, properties in Florida. Um, we had um, house, um, a duplex actually was one of them in um, Lehigh Acres. That was rough though. Lehigh Acres always, to explain, Lehigh Acres, Cape Curl, and Fort Myers, I always say it's like, how me say it now? Fort Myers are like Kingston, that's all. Lehigh Acres are like, Fort Myers is like Kingston. Cape Curl is like Edgewater, Sector F, where everybody wants to live back in the day, back in the day. So Kingston is Fort Myers. Sector F, Edgewater is, um, Cape Coral and the rest of Portmore like Brayton and so is Leah Acres. Is that how I used to describe it? I think so. You know, so you live in Brayton and so just because they can't live in, you can't afford to live in Cape Coral or in Bridgeport, in Edgewater, Sector F. And, but Kingston is where everything happened, which is Fort, Fort Myers, which is the town town. I think that's how I used to describe it. I don't even know now, probably not. But we had property, duplex property in Leah Acres. I remember that. <sighs> I got it at a uh, auction um, for a fraction of a cost. And I beat out the other person by $1, probably $1.50. And, um, it was a duplex, so I had it was 1,360 square feet on each side, three bedroom, two bathroom, kitchen, everything. But I remember, you know, tenants had Latino tenants. Can't remember her name right now. Um, and on the other side, I had an ex 
white marine u.s marine guy can't remember his name and his 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 his, his wife and they filled the house with animals they had snakes um parakeets lizards all kind of stuff they, they would they were in the house so the lady and the next head would complain it was a headache it was something else and then when they left and she knows having problems and i had to engage the services of a property management company i think they call themselves sunshine they didn't want to go down there because consequent to a big hurricane out in Louisiana side where a lot of people from Louisiana that side went out east out to Florida and resettled and it caused a lot of displacement a lot of them resettled down in Lehigh Acres and the crime went up and Sunshine folks would complain that um, they were being accosted and abused when they go into the area to show the place or to collect rent. So it was something. So I, I, I decided to sell it. I, I made a little bit on it, but nothing near what I would have made if I had kept it to this day. That's it. The, the, that, that, um, what you call it here? That, um, what you call it again? That, in, that, geez, my, I, I need coffee that duplex down in Lehigh Acres. Ichabod was the name of the street. Never forget it, Ichabod. It was always such a weird name for a street. Ichabod just seemed like a Halloween name to me. Ichabod Crane. Anyway, um, where am I? So I should have like a beep and a cut and a beep. You know? This thing should be edited, you know. There should be edits. I need a producer. Probably I need to practice to produce. I'm 41 minutes into the thing, 42 minutes, and I haven't even started reading it. But that was about Alexander um, Bedward. I'm going to try at least read the first piece here in the book on Groundation and Alexander Bedward. So let's go. <laughs> <laughs> 